Welcome to this week's edition of the Speaking Artistically podcast. Each week we talk about arts and entertainment in Edmonton inspired by the weekly Taproot Arts Roundup curated by friend of the podcast, Fonda Misrush. We are produced by Bottom Line Productions and published by Taproot Edmonton High. I'm Joshua. I'm Katie. I'm Allie. And we're Speaking, Speaking Artistically. Artistically. Welcome to episode 11, everyone. How is everyone doing with the rain and the outside, with the ice and the... We've been having some weather, hey? Uh, I mean, it's better than the super cold week, I guess. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think so. And the rain was never that bad. Yeah. How's that for small talk, hey? That's right. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, so this week, uh, the Juno nominations have been announced. Uh, and Where are the, the Junos? The Junos are Canada's Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Are they really Canada's Grammys? Well, sure. They're about... Which was first? The Grammys or the Juno's? Definitely the Grammys. Definitely the Grammys. Definitely the Grammys. Okay. Yeah. Is it short for anything, Juno? Do you know? uh, it's named after the person who created the the law in radio where you have to play CanCon. Oh, really? Yeah, it's actually oh, named cool. after that person whose full name I can't remember. That's okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a neat legacy. Yeah. So it is like a good legacy of promoting Canadian music. Because in Canada, for some reason, we're not huge supporters of our own music and art in general sometimes. Do you think that's getting better? Uh, I do. I think it's getting yeah. a bit better. You know, I think if you go to Europe and, you know, some band from Germany, everyone in Germany is like so excited that their band is on the world stage. Or Iceland is a good example. When their bands become really big worldwide, they're very enthusiastic about it. And we kind of tend to be blah about it. We don't, mm. we don't really. Is that a Canadian thing? I think so, but I don't know why. I you remember, know? I remember yeah. reading that the Bare Naked Ladies would never have been anything if it hadn't been for CanCan or CanCon. Yeah, in the rules. beginning, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but speaking of local people, mm-hmm. um, a bunch of Edmontonians have been nominated for Junos, cool. which is really cool. yeah. exciting. Uh, so among them are uh, Kaylee Cardinal, if you know mm-hmm. Kaylee Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's also a host on CKUA, and she's been nominated for Juno. I know Ali's nodding. Just remember, it's not a video. Yeah, we're not Skyping in. Kaylee Cardinal. Yes, yeah. I do. Uh, also, Noella <laughs> Charles. Uh, who played at Winterruption last weekend. She's been nominated for Juno now. Wow. So that's really exciting. Uh, and Nahiwa, who are playing at uh, Silver Skate in a couple of weeks. Oh, cool. They've been nominated for wow. Juno. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one because you can see them play for free, a Ju- Juno-nominated band at Silver Skate. What kind of music are they? Uh, sort of like alternative... I don't know what to call it. I'm bad with genre, I yes. guess. Um, they were nominated. There's so many genre now. I know. I, like, I can't do it. Yeah. They, um, and they mix. Yeah, yeah. And actually, they and Kaylee Cardinal are competing in the same category. So wow. that's too bad. Yeah. <laughs> it means they can't all win. But they but, must. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe Kaylee will make some sort of a like. Grand special, gesture? Or big, no, <laughs> like maybe she'll show up at, at Silver Skate to, to play with everyone. Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, I don't think they play at all the same kind of music. Uh-huh. I don't think it would work. <laughs> That'd be a little weird. Yeah. No. yeah. I was reading an Instagram bio of a band this week, and they said they were non-genre binary, which I thought was really funny. Oh, I like that. So yeah. maybe, maybe this Good. alternative so group is yeah. you know, non-genre binary. Yeah. It's, it so. feels like genre exists from a marketing standpoint <laughs> to be able to classify. It 100% does. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's for. I remember when I was growing up that... Um, I never thought that Elvis was a country music star, but there's a whole sub-genre that mm. apparently classify him and who believe that he was only a country music star, okay. that he only did country music. And I remember my dad saying, well, no, he just made some of his songs 
country sound. Twangier. <laughs> right. And so that he, I mean, he had all kinds of stuff. He had blues. He had rock and roll. He had country. He played it all. And then they just separated it to sell albums. Because you can find Elvis's country hits. Right. You know, I was sort of thinking about that today in the grocery store when I was buying lunch for later. And mm-hmm. I could hear Shania Twain's That Don't Impress Me Much. Yes. And I was thinking about how in North America we consider her to be country, but in Europe she was more of like a dance pop artist. Are you serious? Yeah, I didn't she, know that. She released two versions of the same album though, because yeah. I remember for different audiences, yeah. people with different what? interests yeah. in different genres. Yeah. Oh. I remember growing up with both versions and we yeah. listened to Which them album and, was that? Uh, I was I had a oh. green cover and an exclamation mark <laughs> was in it decades ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize she released two of the same mm-hmm. kind cuz I yeah. always felt that she was Kind of poppy, and she yeah. had she had the producer for Def Leppard produce her album. Yeah, well, ex husband. They guess. they were smart about mm-hmm. different audiences. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I always felt um, uh, Garth Brooks was the same way. I mean, he was country to start with, but then like standing outside the fire mm. feels like a rock song to me. Always did, and it's even got steel drums in it. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, this is quite something. In fact, interesting story. I actually talked to Garth Brooks once on the phone <laughs> when he was on Much Music, and they were having a call in, and I was like, oh, I'm going to ask him about standing outside the fire, what I was just telling you about. So I was like, this isn't going to work. So I called in, and then they like bring, yes. I'm like, do you want to talk to Garth Brooks? I'm like, sure. Well, you want to ask him? Well, about the rock background of standing outside the fire. They're like, hold. And then suddenly, <laughs> I, was, suddenly I was on the on air, TV. and he's looking up and as though he's talking because I'm coming over the loudspeaker. And I asked him that question, and he talked about it. And I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" I don't remember what he said because I was like, "Oh my god!" I just asked you were Garth too Brooks shocked to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not starstruck by Garth Brooks or anything. I was just like, I can't believe that that actually yeah. happened. It's more like when you would call in a radio station and actually get through, and then you realize you hadn't prepared what to say. That's right. <laughs> yeah, you never <laughs> because you didn't think you were going to get through. Didn't think you get through. Yeah. Anyway, so genre are interesting. Junos are interesting. Uh, what do you think are, like, how do you think chances? are for these folks. Honestly, I can't predict the Junos. Really? No idea. <laughs> Should we do bad. some sort of a pool system? No. No. no I really don't want to. No. Okay. I was taught when I was 11 years old not to gamble, so yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> not a gambler? No. Yeah. Uh, friend of the pod and uh, um, friend of BLP, Leila Bialy is... Yeah. Is she nominated? No, because no. she doesn't have an album out this year. So she oh. won last year, uh, and her new album comes out in 2020, so... She can, this year? Yeah, so she can set her hopes on next year's Juno. Ah, I see, I see. Um, but she is hosting uh, the Jazz Showcase showcase yeah. uh, on behalf of CBC Music, where she's a host. And so. this is as part of the Junos? As part of the Junos, yeah. And does she hand out awards? No, that's... No. Uh, they do it like an award show, like different people hand out the awards. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's the Jazz Showcase as part of the Junos, but not part of the actual ceremony. That's Because right. then it would go for eight hours. For a million, million years, yeah. yeah. The Grammys yeah. do this too. Don't they have other subcategories that they present in different Yeah, times? they have like a different show for yeah. for the, because they have so many categories. The Oscars yeah. used to do that too. They used to mm-hmm. present everything, but then they said, okay, no, we'll, we'll put the technical awards over there. Yeah. And the Lifetime Achievement Awards over there. I mean, it's kind of too bad because I'm typically in both award shows more interested in all the ones that don't get televised. Yeah. <laughs> Even nowadays, they don't stream them or anything? No. Well, if they do, I don't know how to do it. Uh, I, I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> I no? look up. I look up the results at the end. You wouldn't watch it like, on a small screen. So this uh, jazz, not, the honestly. jazz showcase will yeah. be streamed live. 
Yeah. Oh. And then it will be recorded and yeah. put on CBC One. I, I like to CBC watch CBC. the highlights, mm-hmm. um, but I, I can't be bothered to watch a whole three-hour show oh. of anything, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> really? Yeah. Not even the Super Bowl this weekend? Especially the oh, Super Bowl. Man. You know? Oh, man. What about yeah. the Oscars? Uh, you know, if if it's an Oscar watching party, mm. I will go to it. But there has to be a party, <laughs> yeah, because I won't just watch it at home. It's not just a party with you and watching it. Well, I don't have TV, so I can't. Oh, that's right. Um, and I don't want TV because I wouldn't watch it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I do often go to the. the but Oscar. you watch TV. You love TV. Yeah, but I I so I have a TV now that I've had f- since about. Like February, like I've had it for about a year. I've had a TV out of the last decade. Have you my ownership of a TV? Have you hung it on the wall? No, because I live in an apartment and Ah. I can't hang anything on the walls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, (laughs) I'm gonna gonna live in a house, but I don't yet. (laughs) I see. Yeah, yeah. There is gonna be an Oscar watching PJ party at ninety nine ten. So that's probably where I'll be because I also don't. Pay for TV. I have yeah. a TV. Yeah, exactly. But I no don't. cable. But you can, you know what? We have a TV in the basement and in our place, and we put the Chromecast in mm-hmm. there, and I usually cast it from my yeah. laptop. Yeah, yeah, I can do cool. that. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Metro Cinema has a watching party too. Cool. So that's usually they how. They always do, don't they? Yeah, they have one every year, and that's usually how I watch those. Do people actually dress up? Oh, yeah. Do you have enough white wine? Yes. <laughs> I just go for the popcorn. Actually, we usually so get, the, we when when I worked there, which I no longer work there, but mm. we would get some sparkling wine. Ah, I see. For those of us, yeah. those who've been listening to previous episodes and know yes. what we're talking about with the white wine. So go back, go back <laughs> and listen to previous episodes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the, on the Oscars, I don't know when those are. February 8th. Oh, you, you are okay, <laughs> in tune. I mean, I love the Oscars, but I, and I used to be, like, I used to have all the sheets and stuff. Even the Junos, I used to have... The tally, and I used to vote yeah. on stuff, but no. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being really truthful about it, I think all the award shows are stupid. <laughs> um, but I really like watching them anyway, and I mm-hmm. can't help myself. So mm-hmm. so it's just true. It's the industry <laughs> patting yeah. themselves on the back yeah. for stuff. And and some say that there is marketing clout behind it, that it helps yeah. you. Do and, you believe that? Like uh, Juno nominees and Grammy nominations can help you sell stuff? No. <laughs> no? Even appearing, appearing on these shows? Uh, maybe appearing on them. Yeah. Um, I, so I used to work at the Artery, um, and there was a time when the week of the Junos, we had about three different Juno nominated bands playing with like 10 people in attendance. So I I just can't see how it's helping. Even though you said it was Juno. Everybody knew it. Even the day of the Junos, Ah. you know, there's like a band playing, it's $10, eight Mm. people come, you know. So I don't know what winning a Juno is doing for people. Mm. I mean, maybe it depends how you use it. Mm. Maybe it depends. I don't know. And what was that tidbit you told us yesterday? You have to buy. Mm -hmm. You have to pay for it. Oh, yeah. I I heard that. If you want to take the statue home from the Junos, you have to buy it. (laughs) So if there's six people in your band, you have to buy six of them. There you go. (laughs) So you have a $200 paper Yeah, yeah. A couple hundred bucks. For other awards, too. We just don't know that. I mean, maybe those, I mean, those Oscars and Grammys they hand out have no plaques on them. Yeah. Maybe, because maybe you have to buy it to get the plaque. Yeah, Yeah, they take it back, get it engraved, you know, hold it hostage for a couple hundred bucks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So when your mom asks about it, you're like, well, I didn't actually. Here's me of a picture. Didn't actually. <laughs> I have a picture. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't keep it at yeah. all. There's a, it's a nice segue to um, the, uh, Elvis the Musical, which is going to be at the... <laughs> Elvis the Musical? Elvis the Musical. The alley's got her one eyebrow mm-hmm. cocked, for those mm-hmm. of you who can't see it. Anyway, Elvis the Musical at the Citadel announced as part of the oh, new season. Oh, in the season, new season that's yeah. right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. after the, the success of the summer musical of Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. yes. and I don't know if this is just... If it's thematic, if they're doing this because it just happened, or if it's just coincidence that it's yeah. two people that used to play with the like play at the same time, yeah, and from Johnny the same Cash, era. Yeah. Elvis is on records, and who knows? But apparently, there's an Elvis musical, and that will be at the Citadel this this upcoming summer. You know, I saw an announcement for a show at the Meyer Horowitz Theater. For The Office, the musical, and I cannot <laughs> picture how that would work. Do, do you think it's legit or just yeah, no, it's legit. It? Oh. I just don't know what it... It's, it's like, how tour? do you do that? Ooh, yeah. So look that up. Mm. Yeah. The, the office... Whole, the, the whole musical. premise is that you are staring at a camera the whole yeah. time. So how I guess are they going to do that? You're just looking at the audience. <laughs> you're breaking and, the fourth wall constantly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it, I guess, is what I'm saying. Interesting. Like, how can that be? Well, yeah. interesting you should say that because they're making musicals out of everything. I know, the Citadel's right? upcoming season. They got the network. And it's called Network from 1976, which is a, gr- which is a groundbreaking movie and the famous mm. line, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore, says the producer on air mm. um, about corporate entities saying this mm. is how news needs to run and it was a 2017 Broadway show and the Citadel's got the rights to it and they'll be bringing it for us to see I think yeah. it's it's interesting they say it's thematic because it's still relevant but I think that news has always been something commercial that you have to pay for I mean you still have to pay the bill so you yeah. need advertisement for it and if you say something that's going to upset your mm. big advertisers you probably don't you're probably going to kind of say, eh, don't go there too much. You're going to have to make a choice. You're going to yeah. have to figure that yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and so that's interesting. And then uh, another movie, Pump Up the Volume from 1990. No, mm-hmm. neither. No. Mm-hmm. After before you guys, I was yeah. born. <laughs> that's what I figured. You I was young born, pups. but I wasn't watching that kind of movie. Pump Up the yeah. Volume, Christian yeah. Slater is a quintessential film of my generation to help define. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It was talk It was talk or, radio for the movie. 90s. I mean, talk radio was the one from the 80s and then Pump Up the Volume. And uh, a, a great movie. I think it survived as far as datedness. Um, a good chest for that is my wife because she won't watch anything that's earlier than than 1998. I mean, she'll make an exception mm-hmm. for Friends, even though it's 92. But she, you can even tell it's dated. We'll see. Anyway, so pump up the volume. Um, another movie that was made into a play. I don't believe it's a musical, uh, but it is an American commercial production. They're going to bring it to the Citadel as part of the workshopping, hopefully on their way to Broadway. But again, another sort of fourth wall thing. I mean, he's talking to us on the radio. And and it's interesting, maybe they'll make it as a podcast type of theme because back then it was pirate radio waves and you had to have certain receivers to do it. And he was breaking FCC laws because they were trying to find him because he was trying to uh, create uh, uprisings in school, high school and that kind of thing. But yet anyone can do that now. So hmm, hmm. how does that fit? How does How does... Pump up the volume from 1990 translate to the internet 2020. age. Yeah. yeah, the internet age. Anyway, and for dessert over at the Citadel, uh, the Sound of Music. Mm. Uh, not sing along that I know of, but could you never know? I mean, every once in a while, the Sound of Music is going to come back in some fashion. Broadway across Canada did it recently, and it just feels like it's a license to print money. Mm-hmm. The Sound of Music was done a few times uh, under the previous. 
Citadel regime as well. So it's it feels like every four, three or four years, we're going to see the Sound of Music come back to this market in some fashion by somebody. Yeah. Maybe not for profit or tiny little theaters, festival players. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I think it's an expensive license. I don't know that do it's small. Do you think license. so? I do. I wonder, hey. Yeah. It's it's making a lot of money for those yeah. two. But I mean, if it's going to sell, maybe it doesn't matter yeah, if you have to pay true. an expensive license fee. Mm-hmm. First time I saw it in not movie form was at Festival Place. Yeah. And I went with my so grandma. Before. She cried. She cries every time she sees it. Really? <laughs> Is yeah. it the climb every mountain? Yes. Or... yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. sweet. Doris. <laughs> it was, uh, I, so I took Cohen to it when the Broadway show came. So he would have been seven, six or seven. And it was the first time that he'd ever seen Nazi symbols. Mm. And he's like, what is that? Because they, and depending on the production, but the Citadel's done it, Broadway Cross Canada mm-hmm. did it, big giant flags draped down when they're when the family's dragged onto the stage for the talent show at the end of Act 2, just before they escape for the Idolize song. And it's not an uncommon sight. So, but, but it's interesting to look at it for, for the, from a kid who's never seen it before and he leans over and he says what does that mean and i said oh we're gonna have to talk about that later we'll have a discussion (laughs) about it but in the moment i said um it's it's the bad guys talking about some bad people and they're gonna try and get away from that and he's like oh okay cool and uh i don't know really if it if it sunk in and i'm sure that he's gonna study it eventually but it's i still think it's incredible that a symbol like that can um evoke that emotion still even, even 70, from someone who doesn't know what later. it is yeah. yes it still has a it still has an effect i mean mm-hmm. it's quite compelling from a from a logo perspective and from a brand a brand defining a logo if a brand defines a logo and vice versa it can it's evokes some something in people yeah a seven-year-old yeah. looks and says whoa what is that like does that can that be bad and yeah it's it's pretty nasty it's pretty nasty we he had a, an assignment recently. We had to talk to, to Baba about it, and he asked questions about it and all about it being bad. And she talked about it, the symbol being from East Indian culture and how they, the Nazis usurped it, and they made something that was peaceful and loving into something evil and, and awful. Mm-hmm. Anyway, very deep sidebar about the sound of music, but uh, still has an effect culturally. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Citadel has... Their High Wire series coming back, they started it this year. It's for smaller companies. They do riskier type of uh, shows. Uh, Bear will come back. Um, well, will be in Edmonton. It's been touring across the And uh, Vanessa Sabrin is going to be directing something there. Maggie Tree will be at, at High Wire. It's really, I think that kind of stuff is really cool. I, I love the fact that the Citadel provides that kind of space for smaller companies to be produced, maybe be a part of the season. Well, they are they're announced as part of the season. They maybe get the resources of the box office and some production support. I think that's outstanding. And then finally at the Citadel, which has nothing to do with their new season, but we're all looking forward to it over here, The Invisibles. Yeah. Agents of Ungentlemanly Warfare from Catalyst Theatre, the newest musical by Jonathan and Bretta. And it's interesting because they would they collaborated a lot. I mean they define Catalyst. Uh, we haven't seen them do something together in a bit, but this is something that they're coming back together to do. So I think that it's going to be quite something. It's going to take us back to what um, uh, the what, what 
where Catalyst came from and what they stand for. And I think that uh, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. We're all going, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, yes, yeah. we are all going. Yeah, they released um, just this week kind of the musical lineups. There's three um, really amazing women who are kind of backing the performance. So, um, Oh, the live musicians. Yeah. Oh, there's live musicians yeah. on stage for Yeah, cool. so uh, Stephanie Urquhart on keyboard and... Um, trombone i think yep. it was and sense. then there's a violinist and oh that's gonna be great a percussionist yeah. so yeah it's gonna be i think that will really add i don't remember the last time catalyst put well no i shouldn't say that onyegan that came from arts club that they presented had live musicians on stage and yet i know they have they've done live musicians before because vigilante had live musicians on stage so maybe sometimes they've been hidden but some of the stuff he's recorded ahead of time it's nice to see him going live for Jonathan, I mean, and that yeah, maybe I remember him saying that he really was compelled by what Onegin did. And so to see live musicians is, is pretty neat. And an all female lineup. All which is female really, really cool. And all the yeah. musicians are female yep. as well. Exactly. It'll yep. be interesting to see if how if he integrates them the the musicians as part of the, the piece. Like do they um, Onegin, they would sometimes lean on the piano and mm. discuss with the pianist something. And uh, uh, Black Rider, which came from Network like eons ago, I don't know if you guys remember it, the musicians for Black Rider were a part of the performance. Like they would be, they would break that musician wall mm-hmm. and be, we come, come into it. I think um, it was really nice to see from Broadway Across Canada's Come From Away, same thing. Remember the musicians left the musicians the musician area and started to play but started to play <laughs> in the um they started to play in the pub they cool. would divide the, yeah. the fiddle player came out and they'd all be dumping up and down and again you'll get a chance to see it in the new season yeah. coming right. 2021 yeah. for broadway you said remember it's like well no i'm not <laughs> <seeing> it <laughs> for myself and i'm projecting my memories onto you like, i haven't seen that yet for catalyst um i've just been following the instagram stories and there was an accordion in one of the pictures. Cool. So I'm hoping yeah. there's like live accordion. That'll be awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, it'll be something to look for. That's that's uh, takes us out of the January blues, mm-hmm. blue January, and into the into the it's kind of the kicks off February. Into the leap year. The leap year. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Just like twenty nine day. days in yeah. February. So you have twenty nine days of of listening to awesome Canadian and Edmonton music and seeing awesome stuff. Um, and a shout out to friend of the podcast. Barry Belinsky with his Pawakon Macbeth. Um, you can hear him on Mel Priestley's Ghostlight in an interview. Also a friend of the pod. And we're looking forward to him presenting that show again in Edmonton, but it'll be part of Chinook series, sure. which is that hashtag Two Hot Weeks. Yes, everyone says. I remember that. Yeah. Actually, okay. it's a pretty, it's a very. I had no idea about the hashtag. Yeah, isn't that yeah. cool? Yeah. It's very, I, I love it. I mean, I th- good job over there to our friends at uh, Chinook series because it is uh that's a great hashtag for people to follow and and it's a great time of year um and a ton of stuff that we're all very excited to to be seeing let's talk about one thing we're excited about seeing or hearing in our arts and entertainment community i'm going to start by saying i'm super excited to see the invisible why not it's going to be exceptional from one of edmonton's greatest musical theater companies you've got to be true to yourself and that's (laughs) what you're excited to see (laughs) well said Um, uh, i'm excited for uh february is black history month Mm -hmm. Uh, and every year five artists one love does a big 
show to celebrate that. So this year, uh, they're focused a lot on film. Hmm. Um, so they always have visual art uh, and live music. And this year, they're kind of focusing on the music behind some classic cinema. And they're doing a show on February 1st at the Trepo Theater. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That sounds awesome. I'm excited. Uh, coming up this weekend, um, a friend of mine who also um, has work at the Craft Council, she does, like, tiny woven like earrings and necklaces so it's like you get this this like woven piece to wear but she also did a residency in Iceland for amplified loom like like acoustic loom sound so you can go and hear Kelly Ruth um, at the sewing machine factory Hmm. on the 31st so it's like it's very very unique and wow and neat yeah so that that sounds awesome Speaking Artistically is produced by Bottom Line Productions and published by Taproot Edmonton. You can find links to everything we mentioned on the show notes at speakingartistically.taprootedmonton.ca. You can also stay up to date on everything that's happening by subscribing to the Arts Roundup at taprootedmonton.ca. Speaking Artistically can be found everywhere podcasts are available. While you're there, leave us a rating and review. You can also get in touch with us on social media as Bottom Line Productions. Until next time, I'm Joshua. I'm Katie. I'm Allie. And we're Speaking Speaking Artistically. Artistically.